What up, Snapback fam? If you're here for day four of the giveaway celebrating 100,000 subscribers on Jack Settlement, my personal Snapchat account, you're in the right spot. We are giving away tickets to a game of your choice when sports do finally resume. This is going to be the best thing ever, I promise. To enter, all you have to do, go to Ennis Cantor's Instagram, follow him, and comment on his most recent post, Snapback fam, and tag me at Jack Settlement. It is that easy. So with that being said, we have two interviews lined up for you on this podcast today. It's Ennis Cantor, Boston Celtics Center, and Derek Walton Jr., point guard in the NBA. So, I know you guys are going to love it because we had unbelievable time with them, unbelievable conversations. And then also stay tuned. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday, April 13th, tomorrow our NFL Draft Series will drop. So a ton of exciting content for you guys to enjoy. Snapback fam, let's get it. Blue Wire. The Baltimore Ravens select... Lamar Jackson. I'm a rave. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! A collapse! Oh! Blocked by James! Auburn's gonna win the football game! Auburn's gonna win the football game! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Ryan, put the jumper. What up, Snapback fam? We are super excited to welcome Ennis Cantor to the Snapback Sports Pod and into the Snapback Sports family. Ennis, how's it going? What's up, man? How you guys doing? Not bad. So we gave you like the whole intro off the air, but the one thing yep. we didn't drop on you is that I'm a Knicks fan. So, uh, <laughs> and Ave, and Ave, oh, yeah, this is a this is a funny <laughs> dynamic because Jack's a Knicks fan, I'm a Sixers fan. And Ennis, you're currently on the Celtics, so this should be a little bit of fun. This is like a nice tri-state <laughs> very, situation. Very interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any words to say about the New York Knicks, or should we skip that? Oh man, um, I'm sure he has a lot of words. But uh, if they're, if they're... I, I do a lot. I do got a lot of words, but I'm just keeping it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We said we wouldn't talk basketball too much, so we're definitely not going to. Let me drop a little bit more basketball in real quick. Okay. So, Ennis, obviously we're all not doing anything right now. We're in quarantine. The league Uh is shut down. We're still waiting to hear what's up. But we're supposed to be under 24 hours away from the start of the NBA playoffs, which means if the season ended the way it did, you you and the Celtics would have been the three seed, and my Sixers would have been the six seed, which means that I would have been probably right now while you're on the phone with me watching YouTube of yourself (laughs) and just tweeting bad jokes um, because that's just (laughs) – it was a fan, but like, yeah, where's your headspace at with all this going on right now? Uh, obviously, it's tough with the playoffs. We're supposed to be tomorrow, but yeah. where are you at with all this? It's very tough, man, because obviously, if I was on a team that is not gonna, wasn't going to make the playoffs, I'm like, you know what? We're not going to make the playoffs anyway, so let, let me just enjoy my summer. Mm-hmm. But now I'm literally like just like one of the best, you know, team in the league. We actually have a really good chance to go deep in the playoffs and maybe have a really good chance to win a championship. So it's like around all these years, this is the year that that craziness hit it. Hit right. But uh, it was, of course, it was just, obviously, of course, it was sad because obviously we're all competitors. We want to go out there and play basketball, but there is something bigger than basketball. And, you know, just people are, you know, losing their life, losing their loved ones and losing their businesses and their, their, their jobs and everything. So it's like, of course, it's people's fans and player safety first. So um, I understand what, like, you know, people want to, people die to go out there and, you know, watch some sport and, you know, play basketball and stuff. But, like, 
that are more important things right now than sports. Right. It's like what you said, like in your position, you're on ball, you're on the South takes, they're poised to make a, they were poised to make a, a deep playoff run. But like you said, you wouldn't feel a little bit different if you were on, I don't know, let's just pick a random team that wasn't going to make the playoffs, the Knicks for whatever reason. <laughs> but um, oh, wow. it, feels like, it feels like your, your, your opinion on this year, like, wow, out of all years this year, it's yep. like not just for you and the Celtics, but the NBA in general, because we saw a kind of a, a power shift, people moving teams over the summer, and it felt like this was the year where nobody truly knew what was going to happen because the Warriors uh-huh. weren't a thing. LeBron had AD, the Clippers teamed up. There was all this competition in the East. But what you're saying about this year, it's just that's what makes it hurt the most because really yep. nobody knew, and it was going to be probably one of the more exciting playoffs we've had in years. Exactly, man. Like the last year, free agency was crazy. You know, now the Houston was a pretty good team. Like you said, like the Clippers teamed up, the Lakers. If you look at East, you know, obviously Milwaukee is good again. The Sixers are they're okay. We're good. Ah, we're good. Well done, Ennis. Well they're done. okay. <laughs> that was so subtle. <laughs> I, I wish they were okay. Um, but, but like, you know, this was the year that like supposed to be like, okay, it's not like, okay, it's like, because of the, if you look at like last year's, like last two, three years, you could kind of like tell who's going to play for finals. But this mm-hmm. year was like tough. Right. You know, if you look at West, who's going to play the, what conference finals? Is it going to be Clippers, Lakers, or Houston, or this and that? If you look at East, everybody can win it to East, Eastern Championship. It was a, it's supposed to be fun, but like, you know, the, it just hit it. Absolutely. All right. That's enough basketball talk for the day. Let's get into what we really wanted to talk about. And that's TikTok. So I've seen a bunch of your your TikToks, a bunch of your posts. And we had Derek White from the Spurs on the show. And we do a segment on Thursdays called Ranked, where we ranked things and we ranked serials with him. So I clicked on one of your posts that was it looked like a serial post. But then I see some ridiculous situation where you're pouring milk into a bowl with Skittles. Have you ever seen <laughs> Please tell me you, you – I've seen Elf, but I didn't think that's not a real movie. Please tell me you don't actually eat milk and Skittles. There's no way. I mean, <laughs> I, actually put, I actually put like a few pounds on it already, but like there's, there's no way. I'll tell you a funny story though. So the first time I came to America, right, uh, obviously I didn't really eat a lot of like – a lot of cereals in Turkey. Well, first time I come to America, you know, I poured this thing on my bowl and start eating it with the milk. And one of my American friends walked in and started laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? He said, dude, that's not a, that's not a cereal, that's cheese. So I thought, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought, I thought it was a cereal. So I put milk in the cheese and I start eating it. I'm like, dude, that, 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 that tastes disgusting. Ew, how do people eat this? And then he explained it to me, you know, just, you don't eat it with the milk. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because I See, feel if like I was your friend. I was, hold on. I was your friend. I probably would have just went with it and just told you that it was a thing. Exactly. <laughs> so for that, that was probably the worst taste. I, one of the worst I ever tasted. But like after that, I'm like, I can literally put anything after I put cheese in it. <laughs> Yeah, Cheez-Its and milk sound like the worst combination. But I feel like, like, do you ever wonder how some foods were created? I feel like they're almost made by a situation like that. Like, who came up with the combination of, like, so. salmon and cream cheese on a bagel? There you go, you right? Know? Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, so, huh. So and maybe you, you were on an apple. Yeah, exactly. Peanut butter on apple. It's weird. Peanut butter yeah. on apple is fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is fire. 
So, so maybe the three of us get in the kitchen, just put on blindfolds, start grabbing something, and we gotta we gotta. We could right be there. like the other, like Ibaka has his cooking show, and we could just be oh like. Oh my discovered. god! I cannot watch that, man. It's not good. It's not good. No, he eats like weird he's, shit. He's like snakes, and he's like like crocodiles and that very different stuff. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, but he probably would look at us and be like, these guys are eating Cheez-Its with milk in it. So he would judge us. So what else have you been up to uh, during this during this break? Uh, actually, you know, the Celtics been like, really like straight home on the workouts, man. You know, they actually FaceTime in us like three times a week to make sure we still work out. It's crazy. So, like, every uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they call us on FaceTime, and they say, okay, hey, do this for 30 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, or, you know, 20 crunches, or just get on a bike, get on a treadmill. So, like, they're actually very strict on workouts. So, like, it's it's been tough for the Celtics players. But other than that, man, I'm just, you know, just I'm actually trying to cook, trying to learn how to play, play piano. Uh, watch a lot of documentary, watch a lot of TikToks, and that's it. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Tiger King? Actually, everybody was talking about it. Even the president got to ask ask question about yeah. the Tiger King. I'm like, what? Everyone is raving about it. I watched it, and honestly, not the biggest fan. I thought it was fine, but like nothing special. Everyone's raving about it though during this quarantine, so I had to run it. Yeah. Huh? So I don't know what's so special about it, yeah. Ennis, when the Celtics are checking up on you about working out, is that why you made your new workout video that you just posted? <laughs> is swear, that the type of workout just, they're looking I for? To, I swear, I just send it to my strength coach, and like, and like, I'll tell you, like, I sent it him in 19 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said you didn't even complete a good rep. That's what he takes me back. <laughs> That's it's funny because you said that like the Celtics are being hard on you guys in terms of working on them. But when I say they're being hard on you, I mean they're they're doing their job. They're checking in. Oh yeah, and for sure. For obviously, sure, yeah. it's easier. It's easier for guys like you, um, or like let's just say Kemba or Gordon, who have been in the league for years on end, kind of made a name for themselves already, like are established players. But like, what about players like I don't know, like like Grant Williams or Carson Edwards or Taco, where they're just getting into the league and maybe they don't have the access that a guy like you mm-hmm. does in terms of going somewhere to work out. How are those guys a- able to do this? Are the Celtics helping you guys with providing you the I necessary think, training videos and I, stuff? Yeah. I asked them, like, because, like, I asked, uh, as I was talking to them uh, two days ago, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I live in a house. I got, like, big space. I got a basketball court, I hope. So how does people, how does other players does when, if they like live in an apartment and stuff? Right, right. So Seth, you know, the, the guy said we just make him do like the high knees, butt kicks. So we're just like trying to just keep their heart rate, uh, heart rate going. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I'm like, how do you make Paco do high knees in, a, in an apartment? You can't do a burpee. You can't do a burpee. That's in the ceiling. That is very interesting. <laughs> Speaking of taco, and I took this one personal because I my type of workout is a boxing workout. I don't fight anyone, but I saw you and him boxing, and that was yeah. like that was weak. So I I need to know if you guys actually were going at it, who wins that fight? Oh my god, have you have you ever seen his arm like the reach? The, yeah, the arm reach? he was destroyed. I couldn't even get close to him. Is he strong? <laughs> He's 
is okay, but like you, you can't you can't get close to him because like his <laughs> arms are so long. You know, it'll just one punch will knock you down. I feel you. So okay, let's go from fight to fight because you recently I saw a quote where you said that um, Ross or Steven Adams are probably some of your favorite teammates you've ever had. Uh-huh. Who would win the fight between you and Steven Adams? Ooh. Because yeah. I heard he's like the strongest player in the NBA. He is. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I'll, I'll probably pick Steven Adams. I never seen. So I play against a lot of the players. That's my. It's my. It's my notch in the league. Mm-hmm. And I promise, there's two players that I'm like. They are just not human. One is Steven Adams. Two is Nikola Pekovic. Really? I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, from the Timberwolves. Like, I remember. I remember. Yeah. He, he was a monster. Yeah, so probably that too, probably the strongest players I have ever faced. But like, other than that, every player that I go against is like easy. Barbecue chicken. Wow, you know? wow, I like that. All Barbecue right. chicken. So let's do some comparison. What is like, what's better, um, hitting like a deep bucket in someone's face or just putting on a nasty post move? Oh, man. So you're saying it's either a dunk or a post move? No, uh, like a jumper. Oh, like, would you rather knock one down in someone's face or like you no, get them no. in the post and get a move on them? Post moves for sure. I don't, I don't understand why people don't play back to baskets anymore, man. It's like, you know, if you see, like, if you look at the league, there's not many, like, maybe two or three back to basket players left. I don't know. They're all about like facing up and shooting jump shots. I like post moves better. Hmm. All right. I'm, I'm going to rewind this back to basketball a little bit because I'm looking through your career and I want to go back to last year in particular because you kind of did the uh, the Markeith Morris in a sense, going from the Knicks to a contending team in the middle of yep. the season. Uh, what was that like? First, going from the Knicks to a team like Portland who ended up going to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it was, it was good because like, I mean, obviously Knicks was going to one direction and I'm like, right. I'm too old. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too old, but like I'm too old for what they doing. You know. Mm. But, hold on. Uh, hold on. What can you tell me? What they're doing? Because I would love to know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's skip that part. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what, what, what they doing is, I mean, obviously they, they want their young guys to get better and get experience, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously. I mean, that's the one that that's the direction they, that they were going. But I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go somewhere to you know, win a championship. And uh, so I, I went to the Portland. I was actually between either Lakers or Portland. And uh, I just I look at Lakers eleven last year. Yeah, Lakers, yeah, you know, they like they're not gonna make up the playoffs. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? I think the Portland will be the best situation because they have Nurkic, so they know how to play with a big man. And I, I think we had an amazing round, man. When you had when you had Damon CJ in your team, I'm like, wow, that two is probably one of the best best two in the league. You know, it's just it was just crazy how do you how I mean, it was like impossible to guard him. Right, and that playoffs last year was a little bit more interesting for you because it it came during Ramadan, and you yeah. you had to observe Ramadan during the playoffs, whether you were mm-hmm. playing or not, and you had to fast. And this was really affecting like your regular game routine. Can you talk to me about that experience and how hard it was for you and how you were able to manage to get through it in a long playoff run? You know, it was like, I have been fasting since my, what, uh, since I'm like nine, 10 years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So my body was used to, used to, you know, the fasting, you know, uh, but uh, a lot of people were asking me, uh, was asking me that same question, you know, if I'm going to fast during the, during the playoffs or not. 
actually right before Ramadan, I texted Hakim Olajuwon because I ah. heard him. Um, he, he, yeah, he was my really. He was he's actually. I, uh, I got the uh, chance to like to meet him and stuff. Amazing guy. Because um, I heard that he was fasting during the NBA Finals. I think it was ninety two, ninety five. The year he won an MVP. I can't remember. But uh, I was like so fascinated by this story, and then I texted him. You know, he gave me some ideas like how much water I should drink, how much, you know, before the fasting, how much, you know, food I, I, I should put on my body. So he just gave me some tips and he was so happy that I was, you know, that I was fasting. But uh, just because of I wanted to show the whole world that I can do it, you know, I was like paying attention to little details. I, I was just like really focused on what I, what I needed to focus on. And then, you know, just game was just become so easy. Right. And um, we won that series. Actually, we're playing against Denver and uh, Nuggets, and we won that uh, series. It was it was crazy. What was like a what was like a game day like during that series? Like, what would you wake up, drink, eat? When would you eat? Like, what was that like? If you had a game, let's say at night, Denver time, like it was yeah. ten o'clock on the East Coast, what would a what would a regular day during that situation be like for you? So the days I, I remember, I, I was fasting during uh, Denver. You know, one of the games in Denver, and then uh-huh. the crazy part was the altitude. So yeah. you were just getting more thirstier, you know. So, but um, I was waking up around four thirty a.m. and I was just literally eating as much as I can, and I was trying to drink like a lot of Gatorade, a lot of you know water mm-hmm. and stuff. And you know, and then I was going back to sleep, waking up for shoot around and I was doing the shoot around and then going back and, and everyone and then everybody was going to lunch I was just going back to my room and just trying to take a nap right and then at night I was just depends on the game I was just waiting for if, if it's like the uh, if I break my fast like before the game uh, it was if the game was like 8.30 I was usually breaking my fast around like 8, eight o'clock mm-hmm. so it's yeah. like I was breaking my fast and going to warm up. So, so it was not it was not hard at all because like if you I feel like the game of basketball is mental over physical. So I was just like, you know what? I just need to go out there and show the whole world that I can do it. Right? Did you? Was there any point where you were able to break the fast in the middle of the game? Like you went back into the locker room to like grab a bite to like get you through the rest. In of the ha- there was one time the I uh, the fasting was was done during the you know the health court, health time so i went i went in there drink some water and stuff i'm like man this this feels good but like the hardest thing because like the, i was playing and the coach was calling uh, calling a timeout mm-hmm. and then the ball boys didn't know that i was fasting so they would just keep bringing me water i'm like dude i don't want no water the rest of the game <laughs> right but like I was looking at Dame and CJ, they were drinking like waters and Gatorades. I'm like, oh, this is this must feel good. <laughs> because I mean, you balled out during last year's playoffs. Did it? Does it ever come in your head like maybe I should try to do something similar to that as a pregame prep, or you're back to like your normal pregame eating regimen, all that stuff? I mean, I try to fast once or twice a week during the season. So once the, you know, the Ramadan hits, so my, my body is like used to mm-hmm. Ramadan. But like, I, I don't know. So I don't really fast during the game day in, uh, during the season. But I might, I should try, see how it feels. Because like last year, I felt, I felt amazing. Gotcha. Who would you say is your funniest teammate you've ever had? Oh, Kyle Quinn. For sure, Kyle Quinn. Ah. Sixer. All yeah. right. he, he's <laughs> yeah, always <Nixon>. great. 
is he was he was probably I mean, he's one of the best team that I had. So he was like he was a really good 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 dude, good teammate, and probably tell he's he's the uh, funniest. He was also he was always uh he's always on like dancing pregame and stuff and on the Sixers Snapchat yep. and then the video yep. went viral where Matisse had to get everyone biscuits and Kyle O'Quinn was joking. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember. I feel like Taco's like the most fun rookie to haze, speaking of that. I know you guys aren't technically allowed to haze, so you don't have to admit to it, but what's it like <laughs> with, with, with the – you have a bunch of rookies, and they all seem like they're great personalities. What's that uh, relationship like? I mean, the, the rookies we have is like so nice, man, so kind and so nice, especially like – it's not like it's not even fun to haze them, you know, because like they're doing everything. I'm like, ugh, mm-hmm. like say something against it so I can just haze you, you know. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I feel like having Taco on your team, man, it's just it's it's so amazing because like he's the guy that like when the things go wrong or like people are like not in the mood, he's the type of guy. He's like the glue guy, you know. He always bring positivity, always bring you know joy, and always put put a smile on people's face. So it's, it's it's very interesting to see you know how he killed it on the G League this year. So it's going to be you know very interesting to see how he's going to do in NBA in the future. Yeah, that's pretty cool for you to call him a glue guy in his rookie year. But I was actually at the Knicks home opener against you guys, and it's mm-hmm. it, I think we played you on the home opener, and then we played you like a week later or something. One of those games, Taco yeah. got in. And I think it was probably the loudest you've ever heard the garden. And it was Taco yeah. chance. How crazy was that? It's like I I watched him in summer league. I told I told I said this guy is going to be a rock not a superstar, a rock star. Right. Because uh-huh. because of his character, his personality, you know, because it's like impossible to hate that guy. Hate that guy. It's like oh everybody loves him. But uh it's, it's like that every time when he gets in the game in TD Garden, you know, it's like the whole crowd gets up. And if he gets a rebound, not a not a bucket, a yeah. rebound, the whole, <laughs> the whole crowd goes wild. It's like, it's, it's, he, he, got, he, got, he got a game. You know, he got soft touch. He can actually, not many people know, but he actually trash talks a lot. Wow. Interesting. Does yeah, not many, people, of... not many people. Go ahead. No, not many people know about, like, he doesn't cuss. But like, when we play one on one, like and like after the practices and stuff, like he trash talks a lot. I'm like, you're a rookie. Where did that confidence come from? <laughs> I mean, when you're towering over everyone, you kind of have that kind of alpha mentality. Yeah. So you might as well channel. Does, does he get that kind of love? Like, like Jack said at the Garden, he got that love. Does that is that like an every, every all over the country, every arena type thing for him? Oh yeah, every wow. arena he goes to. It's like there's some players in the league. Like, it's like. It's like Alex Caruso like that. I'm trying yeah. to think. You know, yeah. Boban like that. Tacos like that. They're just characters. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It's just like it's impossible to hate those guys. Mm-hmm. We, the guys we, that are the guys that are becoming memes. Yeah, people have been begging yeah, for us to have Taco on the podcast, and so we've been DMing with him. And I sent him. I was like, "The people want you," and he was like, "Bet, lol." And most people would be offended, but he's just like such a nice guy. Like. We want to have you on the pod. And now maybe that we have uh, his teammate on, he'll be more inclined. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I'm curious, you went to Kentucky for the year. Uh-huh. I feel like you're not like a lot of those guys who have graduated and played for, you know, Kentucky. They're like tied to Kentucky forever. In my opinion, you're not as much tied 
is there a reason why I have that picture in my head? It's not like it's not like I'm not. I'm, I still talk to you know some of my you know my some of my ex teammates and stuff. Some of my you know I still talk to Coach Cal and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all cool with them. Yeah. But like that year, what NCAA did, you know, I'm like I left so much money on the table to just come here and play college basketball. And you know when NCAA came back and said, okay, I'm they said you're permanently ineligible. That right. just like broke my heart, man, because it was like. The NCA is like a dictatorship, man. It's like it's terrible just, you know, because people are scared and like a lot of kids are scared, you know, like internationally, they they just want to come here and go to school and play basketball, play basketball at the same time. Right. But just because of this NCA rules, it's like impossible, you know? Yeah. So right. it's like, I don't know, NCA itself making billions and millions and billions, but like the players, <laughs> You can't even buy him a meal. It's like, come on, man. (laughs) That that makes sense. Did you have any other schools in mind when you were deciding where to go or was just just Kentucky? I actually committed with Washington. Wow. And then uh, the Seattle, Washington. But then, um, you know, Coach Cal came. I'm like, I'm going to Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) What's done there is done. I want to I want to talk about um what you've been doing off the court, which is what I find really interesting. It's kind of like where I see a common thread between you and me and Jack, because you are hosting uh-huh. you're hosting all these camps for kids all throughout your summer when you could be resting. It's coming straight out of your pocket. Where Jack and I uh-huh. we we like to pride ourselves that we're the only like high profile sports podcast or social media account that really gives uh-huh. back to our listeners. Like we're always whether it's a ticket to a game or a PlayStation, but you're giving back by hosting these camps, making them free of charge. Talk to me about how that got started and why mm-hmm. you do it. I remember like, after the, the the last year, the playoff series, I remember yeah, exit meeting in a locker room. Mm-hmm. Or like the, you know, like the other teams that I play for, like in a locker room, a lot of people were – you know, saying how they're going to go to a vacation and play, you know, video games all day, how they're going to go to beach and hang out all day, how they're going to go to different places. I'm like, you know, I feel like, you know, God gives you so much. You can't just give back to give back so much of your energy and time. You could be doing so many good other things. It's like, wait, you know, your, you know, Xbox or PlayStation play video games all day. It's like a waste of time. <laughs> I actually okay. asked my, we, we, we did a research and I actually uh, asked my manager, what's the record to buy an NBA player doing most basketball camps in one summer? <laughs> he told me it's only nine. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, let's do something crazy. So we organized <laughs> 50 basketball camps in 30 states. Jeez. It was, it was probably the craziest thing we ever done, man, because like it took so much of our time. It was, took so much energy, so much traveling. And, you know, the, the one thing I wanted to do is, like, everybody goes to, you know, L.A., Miami, New York, or Hawaii to do basketball camps. I was mm-hmm. like, let's go to these places, like, NBA players never been before. I remember we, we went to this, this place called Alabama Evergreen. This guy said the last player came here was Shaq. It was, like, 20-something years ago. <laughs> he said he came to eat a burger and left the town, and people still talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That is that yeah. is amazing. So no load management for you on the basketball camps. You you were playing the back to backs. It was it was good because I feel like you know it just it's like 
put a smile on kids like it's priceless, man. And just like you're already making so much money, just like you don't you don't want to make a money out of the kids, you know. You just want to be able to just have them just like come to your camp, go against an NBA player, just trying to teach them. Whenever we we host, you know, we we do a basketball camp, we don't just talk about basketball. You know, we talk about how important the education is, the nutrition. You know, so how should we? You know, just uh, how important the college is and stuff. So it's like it's been it's been amazing, but it's sadly I don't think we're gonna be able to do it the, this summer. Yeah, there's nothing really better than having that impact. Like I I think it's just so cool what one person I don't know whose Instagram live it was. It was like Ben Macklemore actually. Did you see that video on social media? I didn't. I'm not. No. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, did see so, that one. I did see so that one. Ben is on Instagram Live, and he gets a fan on. And, you know, Ben's not – he's not an all-star NBA player, but he's a great yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, And this kid comes on the Instagram Live with him, and he just breaks down, crying. Like, he's – crying, yeah. He's like, this is literally the greatest moment of my life. And, it, you know, it took Ben two minutes to add him in and talk to him. And I think when you see you can have that impact, I totally get why – it inspires you and it drives you to go say, hey, they've done nine camps. I'm going to go do 50 camps and then go do them in cities that people haven't hit before. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it was just amazing. For me, it was like, because like seeing that kid just make his day, because that kid is going to remember that the rest of his life. Yeah, so it's right. very, very important, man. So you, you seem like a guy, I mean, this whole camp tour was pretty much as like you going on doing a concert, like an artist does a concert tour where they just take a bus all over. You were just doing that with yeah, basketball exactly. camps. <laughs> you seem like a guy that hates being bored. So I'm curious, once this whole basketball thing is finished and you're in your post-career, have you had any ideas of what you, what you think you'd like to get into? Because it seems like you don't like sitting still. Oh, yeah. It's my career ready after NBA. NBA. I'm actually, I am actually, I'm actually about to join a WWE. No way. I promise, yeah. I saw, I, mean, well, I saw the Instagram post, you posted the Gronk thing, but I didn't realize you were a huge WWE person. I'm a huge, because like, when I, when I was in college, right, I couldn't get to, you know, play, you know, basketball, so I was just like, you know, I, I just needed a hobby. I, wa- I started watching uh, WWE when I was in college, and I'm like, man, this is so amazing. You know, because, like, it's all about having fun, acting. It's all about just going out there, you know, just get on people's face, troll them and stuff, if you're a heel, obviously. But uh, <laughs> so right now, they actually, it's like, I actually got an offer already. I've been talking to, you know, I, I you know, met with Vince McMahon, and I, I'm actually really cool with Paul Heyman. So I'm like, they actually, Paul Heyman said, let's go. I'm like, dude, I got to finish my basketball career first. Like, just give me at least four or five more years. So it's funny you say that because I, what Jack and I, once we wrap up this interview, we'll, we'll, shoot, we'll make a group. We'll shoot you a DM just so we can uh, link up and figure out a way to get this out. But I'm going to send you a picture because me and my friend, senior year of college, for Halloween, we wanted to do something as a group, like 20 of us. So we each decided okay. to dress up as a WWE star and me and me and my buddy decided to do Shawn Michaels and Triple H and D Generation oh, X. Nice. And I have like the cowboy hat on with the blonde ponytail <laughs> yeah. coming out. It's great. <laughs> yeah. What would your uh so what would your finisher move be called, do you think? Oh, I'm sure you've given a little my, thought. Yeah, so my favorite is Undertaker, right? Right. And then people at first people are asking me so what would, what would my name would be? Man, I would say like maybe Turkish delight. 
Man is maybe too soft. Maybe too soft. I think that might be too soft. But I, I, I still need to think about my finishing moves. Yeah. Pro basketball reference has your nickname as Ennis the Menace. I don't think that anyone's really scared to get in with that in WWE. So we got to think of something better I than like Ennis the too, Menace. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, like the uh, Turkish delight. Yeah. I mean, there's so many names out there, man. So I'm like, we'll see what happens. So you versus Gronk, who are you taking? Oh, that would be God. literally legendary. That would be that, that would be, be appointment legend. television. That's like Khabib McGregor all over again. Right. Actually, it's like the Summer Slam is coming to Boston this wow. summer. I mean, if the, if the whole thing's whole thing's gone, like in August. But uh, if that if that's the case, me and him might should be should just get in the ring and we'll see. I love it. I that love would it. be unbelievable. All right. Before we do let you go, and because this is somewhat of a sports podcast, although we did tell you it's not really, but it kind of is. Um, <laughs> I, and, and like you said, and like we've agreed upon, the NBA season is not bigger than life itself. Everyone needs mm-hmm. to wash their hands, stay inside. We need to handle this. It's a very serious issue. With that being right. said, if we could fix the situation in the most crazy way possible or in the most realistic way possible, like Dana White wanted to buy a private island or we fly fly to Mars, whatever it is. Like, what do you think is realistic? What what would you throw out there if you were the commissioner of the NBA to make sure the Celtics have a chance to take down the Sixers in the first round? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I feel, hey, let me tell you something, man. It's like, if this, uh, I think it's like we have a really good chance to go deep in the playoffs, and I really believe it because, like, before this all this craziness happened, Tatum Tatum was killing it. He was averaging like over thirty points in like last fifteen games. Yeah, and he's nineteen. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy, man. But like, I'm really excited, man. If if if, if this season continues, if it's healthy and all all good to go. It's going to be very interesting uh, the playoffs. But um, like I said, again, play safety first, though. Could you fathom playing in a game seven of a playoff series or an NBA finals with no fans? Like, the fans is half oh, half the I reason know, a game right? seven feels like a game seven. Trust me, I'm not going to make. I'm not going to. I'm not going to nitpick. Like, I want sports back, whether it's with fans or without. I, I've accepted that it will be without. But like to me, an NBA playoff game. I've been to several Sixers games. I've been to them yep. Uh, yep. when you when Boston played them. But what is a playoff game without that atmosphere of the home crowd? Do you think exactly. it would be really weird playing in TD Garden in a high-profile game without the fans there? It's like I watched the WrestleMania, right? There was no fans. Mm-hmm. And it, was like, it was so awkward and it was so it weird. weird. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about like the game seven, something against, you know, Sixers, whatever, the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, yeah, I don't think it will be the same. It's just like I- – like, I feel like players actually, like, that really does help their game in that kind of atmosphere. Oh, yeah, and like, for sure. For and sure. you can't really get going off the sound of shoes <laughs> scratching the floor. They make for some great right, memes, huh? though. Great Yeah, memes. they do. Ennis, uh, before you go, if you just shout out your social media, because everyone listening is going to go follow you on all your platforms, and we're going to show you the power right. of the Snapback family. So shout that out, and uh, we'll, we'll get you some clout, some internet clout. So you want me to shout out to... Just what your usernames are. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is Sam from Boston Celtics, and I want you to you know, just go and follow, please, uh, Twitter, Ennis Scanner. 
Instagram and a scanner 11, TikTok and a scanner 11. That's the most important thing, TikTok. <laughs> uh, Don't forget about Snap. 11. There we go. Okay. Yeah, Snapchat yeah. and a scanner 11. So please go follow and like. And I appreciate it for everything. And it's we're gonna give we're gonna sh- show you firsthand the power our audience has. You're you're probably get annoyed with. I'm them. excited. Yeah, yeah, you might get annoyed with the, how many comments you you see Snapback fam on your Instagram. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited, man. Let's yeah, we're go. gonna show you a little something. But right. uh, this was a lot of fun. This was dope. Let's do it. We'll do it again sometime yeah, soon. Ennis, thank you. Welcome to Snapback family. Stay safe thank out you, there. Man. Keep the content up and don't. Put any Cheez Its in your cereal bowl, please. Five more profit. Stay safe, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. What up, Snapback fam? We are honored to be joined by Derek Walton Jr. Derek, how are you holding up in Michigan? And I'm I'm doing okay. I'm just trying to make sure um, I stay as sanitized as possible, keeping everything clean, and um, just limiting and uh, like big gatherers like they said and just still just trying to enjoy the time I have to myself yeah I you said before we started this that you want to drink a lot of water and you know eat as much as you can but I saw you drinking Pedialyte were you drinking last night <laughs> nah man I'm a Pedialyte I'm drinking Pedialyte all the time dude you gotta Jack I don't know if you ever had Pedialyte no no, no like pe- fire well no time out Pedialyte does not taste good I think it does it's it's very beneficial but it does not taste good I don't know it's happy belated birthday to Derek I wasn't sure if he celebrated last night so I was just checking in <laughs> you just drink Pedialyte like all the time bro Pedialyte is like a Gatorade I treat it like Gatorade bro it's, oh it's fire God. like I got the strawberry I'm good man. the orange the red it's actually really good and the way you got to think about it Jack babies only get the best shit right because they're babies <laughs> true that's that's it's a hundred percent true the opposite is the, uh, the opposite you're telling me baby food is the best shit it's probably has a lot of good health benefits because they're babies okay see that's the difference it has a lot of health benefits but we're talking taste here derek and you oh no i'm talking about for like me and derek we're athletes our body is a temple <laughs> no, no no derek so, said he enjoys the taste so do i Pedialyte. so do i so go eat some baby food and let us know how, how good. All I'm saying is you shouldn't – there's a reason that they give babies this shit. That's all I'm saying. All right, say. we have a guest on the pod. Let's let him, let's let him get let's – get let's let him get some words in here. All right, Derek. So <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's a good way to start off. But uh, I was actually a Michigan fan growing up. So I've been following Michigan basketball, and they're just – it's just like point guard central, honestly. Like LSU and Ohio State like to call themselves DBU in football, like – Michigan could low-key start a thing, point guard uh, university. How was it? I mean, you're like you're a Michigan man. You're born in Detroit. Like, how is that going to play for the University of Michigan? Uh, you know, it's crazy. In the midst of all of it, I didn't really think about it like that. Like, really? I was going to the school I thought was uh, best for me. Like, because uh, ultimately I wanted to play in the NBA, so I thought that would be my best avenue. And then now that I really sit back and think about it, it was crazy. Like, all my, my parents never really missed the game. All my homeboys came to the game when they wanted to. Like, it was it was fire. That, I mean, yeah, that is a nice – that's a nice thing to have, a nice added touch. Uh, and then you eventually did accomplish that dream of making it to the NBA. When when did that moment really sink in for you? Um, I'm always just confident that I could play in the NBA, but I think it started to really be, like, attainable and, like, close enough to touch. So it was like uh, I had a I had a showing in my sophomore year. I played at a, a invite only camp and I did really really well. And then um, I ended up getting hurt that year. But like that year was like one of my years where I was like, yeah, I can really do this. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you look at these guards that are coming out of Michigan between, like, you, Trey, uh, Karras. Like, they're just always producing NBA talent, specifically at the guard position. But, I mean, so you let's fast forward. You, you get to the league. You get you, you get taken. But you end up signing a two-way with Miami. You've obviously been uh, in and out um, of the league. But did you have, like, a, when you got into the games and everything, like a come-to-the-league moment where someone blocked you or – Cross you up, broke your ankles. You're just like, damn. I guess I'm here now. You know. Uh, really. I mean, my rookie year, I ended up. I guarded. I had to guard Chris Paul. So that was one of those like, damn. I'm really like here. Like that was my moment. <laughs> um, outside of that, I really didn't have those moments. It's just like I always just tried to play the game. I didn't really get too much. But that was the only one my kind of life was like in all. Like I was trying not to hurt him and shit like that. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to hurt. Him. Well, that yeah. is. I mean, that would have been my come to the league moment as well. Chris Paul is my favorite player, and it's funny that you mentioned like you still have to compete against him, but now you're taking like an extra little, uh, I don't want to maybe land under him on this jumper. Cause if you injure Chris Paul, then you're like the guy who injured CP3. You're Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> did you, uh, yeah, did you model your game after anyone specifically? Uh, I think it's hard for me to say now. Cause I've had stretches where I like try to emulate a lot of different people. Like I, I tried to do a mix in between, like I was a big Allen Iverson fan. So I like tried to score like crazy. At one point, and then I was a Chris Paul fan, so I was, like, trying to get 20 assists. So it was yeah. like I just try to combine it all and be, like, the most complete point guard I could possibly be. Right. I think that's the best way to piece your game together is you pull those traits from all those guys, but you're a unique person within yourself. You're a unique player. Speaking of 20 assists, it's on your Instagram story. Were you playing in some summer league, some rec league with your friends? 34 points, 18 assists, seven boards. How do you put up those type of numbers? What, who were you playing against? We played against other, like, pros. Like, it was a pro-am. Like, Damn. No, no, no. Granted that sometimes it's, like, it's, it's summer basketball still. Like, you don't want to hurt nobody. But, like, yeah. in, the, in the winning moments or in moments, it's still competitive. Like, like those numbers weren't just, like, fluctuated. Those are, like, real numbers. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, we see those highlights all the time of, like, KD at Rucker or Kobe. I just saw a summer league, not summer league, a summer, whatever, pro-am tournament where when it comes fourth quarter at the end of the game, like, you guys are balling out against each other, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the real thing. Like, through the midst of the game? Yeah. Of course. It's like you, you want to have fun. You want to play. The fans are coming out for summer basketball. They want to see highlights. Oh, but, you know, you don't want to get anybody hurt. But, like, at that point, it's still competitive. Like, it's still basketball. Yeah. It, it's tough not to – when you're a hooper, you just like to win basketball games. I, <laughs> it's what you did. That's what, that's what I'm curious about. So, Derek, I told you, I'm, a, I'm from Philly, so I'm a diehard Sixers fan. For me, the whole idea of tanking seems so challenging because you're telling people – who are natural-born competitors who have been competing their entire lives, mostly guys like yourself who you've had success all throughout your basketball career, whether it's college, high school, AAU, et cetera, and now you're just coming out here and trying to intentionally lose? Like That's like going against someone's like mental DNA or whatever, and I feel like that is like what makes tanking so hard. How do you tell a bunch of competitors, go out there and lose? I mean, obviously you do it without saying, but – I think that whole the whole narrative of tanking is really interesting to me in that way. Yeah, now that I, I can honestly say I know people that was on the side of a team that was tanking and they said it was the most difficult thing they ever did. It's like how do you go out and play basketball against other dudes, have a chance to win and then knowing in the back of your head like it's somebody that don't want you to win. It's crazy. Right. right. And then what about on top of that? 
they're asking you to lose a game, even though they may not say it. And then all that's going to do for you is someone like, it's not easy to stay in the NBA. It's a very tough league. And every time you lose, people are going to be like, well, he was on that team and they lost a lot of games. He must not be that good. Like, it just seems tough. Yeah, man. Like that, the league is, it's a, it's the belly of the beast, man. Cause it's like you are a team, but everybody's all individual contractors. Like, you know, mm-hmm. right. like, it's so you kind of like camaraderie, amateur basketball. So it's like it's, it's hard. Like overall, it's hard because it's so many different factors. There's so many people dealing with so many different things, and then you just supposed to act like everybody, you know, without dollar signs and, and everything that everybody got going on personal. You still got to set that aside and, and still try to, you know, do that. Do that within winning. It's like that's like one of the hardest things ever. You got into a nice situation coming into the league for the Miami Heat, and they are known mm-hmm. to have a pretty strong culture. What was it? What was your experience like playing, you know, in Pat Riley's kingdom? I think um, it was a blessing. It was a lot like my college days. Like we still just everybody was all for each other, trying to win. There was no agendas. Everybody hung out. It was kind of like college. And um, like even when I saw him this past year, we played in Miami. It was like I never left. Like everybody was geeked to see me. It's like a real family, like a brotherhood because. We worked hard. Like it was that shit was hard. Like we really went hard. So anybody that can go through that and and maintain and make it out the other side, they know like uh, you're a tough dude. That I mean, yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool thing to come back to. Essentially, what was your first home, and everyone's hyped to see you. And then you made it out to LA. So you you pretty much were following around. Lived in the best places on. Yeah, you were finding some nice weather, (laughs) and now you're in Detroit, but. I don't know, like, that's your home. So I feel like you've got a good situation going. Man, that's all my homeboys. Like, yo, every time they come visit me, like, bro, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but you go into, like, the best cities for basketball <laughs> and outside of basketball shit possible. I'm like, it's a gift and a curse, man, because there's so much temptation, but at the same time, it's it's a blessing. So, But now being, like, I'm not with the Pistons no more. I'm like, I'm a free agent right yeah. now. I'm going into free agency summer. But, like, being with the Pistons, like, it was a blessing, but it was crazy because I said this before. Like, I never went into a situation where I knew everything and where everything was at. Like, driving around, now using <laughs> the GPS, fuck me up. <laughs> That's pretty nuts, actually, to think about it like that. Did you grow up a Pistons uh, fan? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did. Wow. Like, it was crazy. So the- like, Go ahead, bro. Like, I, I had a conversation with Chauncey, uh, Chauncey Billups. Like, yo, you know, like, I was like, how old was I? Be like nine, yeah, ten years old when they won the championship. I'm like, bro, I was like a huge Chauncey Billups fan. <laughs> he was like, my, he was like, man, that stuff's so old. But I'm like, yeah, that's not, that should let you know you've been around for a long time, bro. <laughs> I had this. I actually, funny you said that. I had this conversation with my friends the other day. We were just like shooting the shit about like old championship squads and like obviously there are people out there who aren't LeBron fans or who aren't KD fans. But we kind of all agreed on that that 04 Pistons championship squad with the, both the Wallaces, Rip, Tayshon, and Chauncey is probably like one of the more universally loved championship teams like of all time. Like I can't find a single person to say something bad about those. But teams. and they were nasty. You know what I mean? Like they, they were played nasty. that gritty defense that everyone could have hated them for. Yeah, I mean they could have no. had Mello too. Well, that's what I was going to ask Derek because. Derek, I, I mean, Abe and I talk basketball. I talk basketball with a lot of people, but not with people who are actually NBA-level players. So this, mm-hmm. I don't know why it started circulating, but they said if Melo, or I guess Melo and Chris Paul were talking about it on Instagram Live, and if Melo had gotten drafted instead of Darko Milicic, like, does, does the Pistons win that first ring with him as a rookie? Do they win multiple rings? Like, what's your viewpoint on that? Um, just being around. 
just knowing yeah. how to how basketball works, it's like it can go either way. He could have been a great teammate, or he could have been a selfish teammate. It's like it can go either way. But I mean, it's it's one of those, you love having conversations because it's like a conversation sparker. But like it can go so many ways. Like it all really could. It always it's a if it's an if question. So like it all depends on if he would have been a great teammate, or if he was looking for superstardom, or if it's like a lot of ifs. So like. I don't know how to even answer that. It's like it would have been great to think, like great to see, but great for the city. But I don't really know how would it or wouldn't it have worked. I don't know. That's kind of like the whole sports world nowadays because we're all these talking shows or whatever. They're comparing generation to generation. Like, could LeBron have played in that era? Could MJ have played in that era? Blah, 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 blah. But like, it really is two totally different games that you can't compare. That being said, we'll put you on the spot LeBron or MJ? <laughs> Um, I think you got to respect what both of them has done. But when we break it down and think about what people contend to say makes you the greatest, I think you have to go with Michael Jordan. He's done something no one has ever been able to repeat. That's correct. <laughs> Good answer there. Good answer there. We're pretty we're split on this pod. I'm a LeBron <laughs> guy, Jackson Jordan guy. But I am hyped for the documentary. Yeah, the documentary is going to give us something, to, something to do during these times. Derek, as you're going to train this summer and, you know, find a team for next year, what is a team getting? And let me just side note, throw this out there. The Knicks, I mean, we need a point guard so, so bad. So uh, let, let's hear your pitch. <laughs> uh, on myself? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm a guy that can score. I can distribute. I can defend. It's like more so I've always been – I mean, I, I feel like it's just going to depend on a situation in the in the front office and coaching staff that believe in me in a sense that way. So it's like I know what I'm capable of. It's just a lot of people that's capable out here, the opportunity don't come. So I'm always realistic about that. But I know what I can do. I, I can score. I can defend. I can shoot with some of the best of them. And I just don't. I don't know. I don't. It's it's a, a great situation. I'm not really mm-hmm. picky. I'm just looking for a situation. You know, I just want to find a home. Yeah. That's what I'm really looking for. Well, yeah. let's, let's pick his, Let's pick your next team right now. You went from L.A. to Miami – or from Miami to L.A. We'll skip Detroit because it's your hometown. So, between Miami and L.A., I guess you're going to end up somewhere. Let's think of another warm-weather city. Texas. Glorious. I mean, Texas is – Phoenix or something? No. I don't know. Ooh, Phoenix could be cool. Phoenix could be Phoenix cool. Phoenix would be dope. Phoenix would be dope. But, yeah, I feel like you said – you said it's really everyone knows what everyone can do. It's just a matter of being put in the right system. And I see that all the time in the NBA specifically. I obviously I watch the Sixers more than everyone else, but there's a guy like Trey Burke and obviously you and Trey are boys, but like the Sixers brought him in the beginning of the year. And I thought, okay, that is a great addition. He can help go get his own basket off the bench. He can play in a pick and roll with Joel. And then he just gets cast away on the end of the bench because there's other guys that are filling in. And it's not anything to do with his specific play, but it's just the matter of the fit. So it's interesting to hear from a player's perspective about how, listen, I'm, re- I'm willing to go wherever and showcase all my talent, but like I'd say 80% of it is the situation and the fit. Nah, it's, it's a huge. It's, it, in fact, there's more than any, yeah, any person that don't have real you know, intel on basketball will ever understand because your favorite player is only so many guys that will go to any team and be able to be themselves. Right. And then, just like in the real world, like you, you don't get to do everything that you want to do, or you just got to sacrifice for the the greater good of the team, and that's what's the hardest part about the NBA. You got to find a team that needs of have a need, and, and if you feel that need, feel that need to best of your ability. Like that's all I can say about that. Like it's yeah. right. it's, it's more situational than people would think, 
Like it's talent, it's a lot of stuff that go into it, but the situation usually goes hand in hand with the talent. Totally. Uh, Derek, what do you like to do off the court besides drink that trash Pedialyte? <laughs> uh, I'm a wine drinker, bro. I like to, I enjoy Ooh. wine. I, I kick it. I play video games from time to time, but like to be completely honest with you, when I don't have nothing to do, I enjoy having nothing to do. That's interesting. Love being born. All right, Love let's talk some Wait, Vina. Or, yeah, let's hold talk on. Yeah, red, red or white? Red or white? Red. Red. Me, me too. What kind of red? What's your favorite? I'm a Merlot guy. I like Malbec. Oh. I like Malbec the best. He probably had like two glasses of Malbec. No, dude, like, I, I, I like swear. Malbec. I knew you were going to say this once this conversation started. I promise I made it a goal of mine like seven months ago to start getting into red wine just because it makes me seem cooler. Yeah. And I actually am starting, I actually am starting to All know. Right, so name, name a brand of a Malbec or where it's from or a region or. Uh, well, you can get any from Argentinian to Chile. And I, I prefer the Argentinian Malbec, but yeah. Oh, okay. What do you like about the Argentinian Malbec? It sits well, you know. It sits uh, well. well you have to, What's it Derek sitting what on? What's it sitting on? Your palate. Derek knows what I'm talking about. That's kind of source. Yeah, I know. I got you, bro. I know exactly. Right. Derek, what do you par- what do you pair a Merlot with? What's like the like? Are you a steak and wine? Are you Italian and wine? Wine goes with everything, Jack. I know. Yeah, I, I really don't like. I'm a. I don't really like white, but I'm a red. When I go red, I usually do pasta. I'm not really big on steak. That's like I don't really okay. do steak in general. Um. But, like, I'm just I, – I like to try different types of wine. Like, I went to the store yesterday, and a guy made me buy this bottle. It was, like, $60. <laughs> I was like, damn, $60 for some wine? I better – you know what I mean? Derek, right. Derek better friend. sit well. That better sit well. Derek, you, my friend, are what they call a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and that's – and he finished the whole damn $60 bottle of wine. That's why he's drinking Pedialyte this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't even opened it yet. That's crazy. All right, we're going to need definitely some feedback on – and this was a Merlot for 60? Nah, this is a uh, – they don't even have a name on it. I'm going to just tell you the branded name. Just say, right. Maybe a, uh, Sauvignon, a Cabaret Sauvignon Blanc. We got, we got Derek walking around the apartment looking for bottles of wine. Nah, this is the one I have. It says it's a 2014 West Face. It says Prevail on the bottle, and it's a Ferrari Canaro. Ooh. Don't really know either, bro. He said, Derek, there's a cool car on the on the on the bottle. You want it? He's like, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he probably did. He probably sold it to me, but we gonna see. I'm gonna I'm gonna crack it over today. Right. Right. All right. What All right. uh so Jack and I are big uh are big food people. And we asked we had Derek White on a little over a month ago and we had a very mm-hmm. big in depth conversation. What is your pregame what is your go to pregame meal? Salmon. I'm either salmon or pasta. It's no there's no substitute for those two for me. Salmon yeah. or pasta. I had salmon last night. Yeah. What type of pasta? Uh, it, it depends. I'm usually I'm gonna go red sauce before a game. I always do like a bolognese before before a game. Um, or if I can pair it with a salmon in it, like I've I've had a dish where it was a, a white sauce and a salmon in it, it was fire. Ooh. So yeah, you know I mean like it was fire. That sounds great. going back to wine a little bit. If you were to ever get caught on the end of the bench drinking a cup of red like LeBron did last year. What would the repercussions be? I really don't know. I don't even want to find out. <laughs> that Just was so up. ridiculous. That was crazy. That was wild. That was oh, absolutely wow. nuts. Uh, Derek, so what would you say uh, is your cheat meal then? If you like, you know, salmon and pasta and red wine, and you can't pick wine as your cheat. Wine. Food. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm, a, uh, I'm a sucker for chicken tenders. Mm, okay. Who makes oh, the best chicken tendies in, in Michigan? 
I don't know, man, but I'm sad. I can't get Raising Cane's. Raising Cane's is mine. All right, so this is what I had to instruct Abe on. Abe, you don't know about Raising Cane's, right? No, I never right, heard so of it. I went to University of Texas, so they're obviously big down there. Raising Cane's is like – Derek, what's the best way to describe that to Abe? Well, Fire. Raising Cane's is like the Chick-fil-A of chicken sandwiches. Yes. Wait and- a second. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You just said – Raging Canes, is raising, that how you say it? Raising, raising. Raising Canes is the Chick-fil-A of chicken sandwich. Derek, back it up. Chick-fil-A is Whatever. the chicken sandwich. Yeah, but I mean Popeye at the chicken chicken sandwich room. That's like saying Popeye. Propel. That's like saying Propel is the Gatorade of Gatorade. <laughs> Derek, nah. Derek <laughs> what is, what is what's your go-to order when you're ordering raising canes? I get the uh I'm coming I'm getting the three piece every time. Three piece combo. And Extra toast. Yes. Oh my God. The Texas toast hits different. And it's honestly, I think it's the sauce. The sauce is what completes the whole meal. Every time. Have, Every have, time. have to get the sauce. All right, Derek, we appreciate your time. We don't want to take too much of your time because we know you love doing nothing. And honestly, doing <laughs> nothing is the best thing to do while we can all do it. So before you drop off, uh, shout out your social media. That way the people can find you. Yeah, man, get it. I'm Instagram, I'm DW10 underscore, and Instagram, I'm, no, nah, that's my Instagram. And Twitter, I'm Derek Walton 10. I ain't, that's all I got. And I got a Snapchat, but I don't really use it like that. All right, fair enough. Are you going to get on the uh, TikTok crime that a bunch of players are getting on? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. It'll just, oh, it'll just be him drinking red wine. All right, Derek, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you. We'll be in touch soon. All right, appreciate y'all. Y'all take care. Have a All good. right, be good, Derek. We'll talk to you soon. All right.